the sun finally found slumber behind the mountains to the west, and the twins retreated to their homes to live out the remainder of their night. Their mother had made a large steak dinner, which was typically Amy's favorite, but she didn't eat. James tried, and succeeded, at getting a few bites down, but in the end, they both ended up staring at their plates dejectedly. So, the police called me today, Catherine began. They want to talk to you about something. James choked on his bite and glanced at Amy, who turned to their mother. What did you two do? Their mom asked, cutting a rather large piece of steak. I think it's about Liz, James muttered. Oh, Liz! How is she? James sighed and looked to Amy for help. Liz went missing, Mom. Oh! Catherine exclaimed. Her eyes went wide for a second, and she looked like she would comfort her kids. But her eyes just narrowed, and she went back to cutting her steak. That is a shame. James growled something, but put another bite of food into his mouth. Amy did something similar, but pushed her plate away. What's wrong, guys? Their mother asked. She was sliding the knife back and forth across her plate where the steak had been. I feel kinda sick. Amy muttered. I may go to bed early. Same, James muttered dejectedly. His mind was still on Liz. Eris said she might still be alive. Both twins excused themselves from the table, threw their dishes in the sink, and walked to James's room to watch the clock. Amy sat cross-legged on the floor, trying to breathe, as Liz had taught them. James paced the room, back and forth, trying to puzzle through everything until it gave up and flopped on his bed. Amy opened her eyes and looked at her brother. James, come breathe with me. No, he returned, rolling over to stare at the ceiling. At least talk to me. Okay. Remember when you found that arcade in Manitou? Yeah, Liz was so amazing at the games. She beat me in Galaga like three times. I want to take Evie there at some point. James rolled his eyes. You fell for her a little fast. Amy made an indignant noise. She's so sweet though, not to mention adorable. She has a great sense of humor and she clearly likes me too. What's the worst that could happen? James didn't want to tell her all the things that could happen. Evie was there to protect them, but she clearly wasn't human. Not to mention, Evie was enigmatically sick. What could have happened to her? He barely knew her, but the look he saw on Amy's face when Evie fell told him that she mattered. Also, focusing on Evie helped distract him from thinking about Liz. There's no way she was dead. It was impossible. A dark room. She wasn't dead. A crumpled figure sat on the floor. She wasn't dead. Suddenly an image of her appeared in his mind. A horrible, blood-stained and battered image of her. Her clothes were torn and splattered with deep red stains and a vicious gash sat across one of her temples. A soft orange light illuminated her. Most worrying of all was Liz's hands. They were both bleeding, and one held a shard of glass against the wrist of the other. Hey! James yelled in desperation. The noise gave him an immediate migraine, but Liz heard it. She flinched and called something out, but James couldn't hear it. James continued, You aren't this dumb! Put the shard down! We're coming! Just hang tight, please! Liz complied with James's command and threw the glass shard across the room. Then she looked around her curiously. Thank you, James muttered. His head was pounding. The image faded from his mind just as quickly as it had appeared. His eyes shot open. His body was flat against the carpet of his room. The carpet held him like a million fingers and pulled him further down. A strange kind of exhaustion gripped him and yanked at his eyes to close them. He had nearly lost consciousness when Amy jumped into his vision. James! She cried. What happened? Liz, she is alive. James squeaked from the floor. Amy leaned down to help him up and sat him on the edge of his bed. How do you know? Amy said before a sudden rush of air and a bright green light interrupted her. Both of them turned to see Eris standing in the corner of the room awkwardly. 
I see you cleaned up from the last time I was here. She observed coolly and offered her hands. James reluctantly grabbed one and then Amy's arm. In another flash of green light, they were in the facility right outside the infirmary where Evie was. Ansley stood by the door. She was still wearing the nice clothes she wore at school. Luke stood in the infirmary, studying Evie's heartbeat and breathing. He seemed to be documenting the information from the screen onto a little clipboard he held. The twins stood awkwardly while trying to catch their breath. Teleportation was a nauseating experience that would have slowed James down on a good day, but after the draining experience he just had, he could barely move. It didn't stop Amy from sprinting into the infirmary, however. Just before reaching Evie's side, Amy ran into Luke and was sent sprawling on the ground. Luke, who stayed standing the whole time, watched her and offered a hand to help her up. She didn't take it and instead just jumped from the floor and continued to Evie's side. Evelyn! Amy cooed. Then she turned to Luke. Is she conscious? Luke shook his head. Uh, hi, Ames. Amy whipped her head towards Evie, whose eyes were barely open. The girl's strange, blood-red irises slowly grew as she opened her eyes wider and her pupils shrank. Then, after adjusting to the light, they grew again at the sight of Amy. Evie had lifted her arm and was absently playing with Amy's hair as it fell across her bed. Evie! Amy wrapped her arms around the other girl. Evie moaned in pain and pushed against Amy's embrace. Uh, oh, sorry. Amy let go and backed away. She looked disappointed. What happened, Evie? Ensley asked, crouching next to the two girls. I don't... Evie winced. Bloody pain. And closed her eyes. Amy made a noise that James knew meant she was near tears. Almost as second nature, he walked over and sat down next to her. She lay her head on his shoulder. It'll be okay, Amy, James said, wrapping his left arm around her. He looked up at Luke to confirm his statement. Don't know what to tell you. He muttered. We don't know much about this. How can you not know about this? James demanded. She's an angel thing like you. I don't know everything. Luke said, sounding offended. I only know how to fix the wounds and how much you lie about your dick size. You... what? James. Amy interrupted. She isn't human. What could be hurting her? Could it be Elizabeth? James asked, looking towards Ensley, his eyes pleading that she gave him an answer that would satisfy Amy. I guess that would make sense. Luke stated. But why Evie? Her target is you. Why would she attack someone you barely know? James looked at Amy. She wore a horrified look. Amelia, don't worry. The servant doctors are doctors because they have healing abilities. Ensley said in her typical mothering tone. They are made for this. Amy laid her forehead on James's shoulder again and took a deep breath. She'll be okay, right? James asked, looking at Ensley and Luke. I don't know. Ensley whispered, while Luke shrugged. The whole room was quiet for several minutes. Hey. Error began. James whipped around. He'd forgotten she was there. Era shot him a look and walked over to set her hand on Amy's shoulder. I saw you guys didn't eat. Let's get some food. At that, Amy perked up. Can I cook? The kitchen was huge. Attached to it was a small dining room, but the kitchen itself was massive. According to Ensley, it was only one of about a dozen. Amy ran her gaze across the three stoves and massive counters. This kitchen was egregiously large. Amy took all this in in a second and sprinted to the fridge. James walked after her and sat on one of the expansive counters. Luke and Eris sat down at the table, Luke immediately taking charge of the conversation. Ensley slowly sat down. She looked uncomfortable having someone else cook for her. What does everyone want? Amy called across the room. She turned and her eyes locked onto the seat that Era had been sitting in. Amy's face was a mix of fear and confusion. James followed her gaze and saw Liz sitting there where Era was. He wondered who Amy had seen at that moment. Luke smirked. Hmm, surprise me. 
While you prep that, I'm grabbing a beer. Amy smiled and set right to work on packing the fridge. Ara? Ensley? James asked. What do you guys want? I'll have what Luke is having. Ensley said. Same. Ara said. Amy is an incredible cook, James said, looking at the group. Your minds are going to be blown. I sure hope so. Luke said. I'm starving. So, how old are you? James asked. You look too young for beer. Mm. Well, I might just can't really be affected by alcohol, and it takes a lot of alcohol to get us drunk. But when I'm there, I do some crazy shit. Luke winked at James. James gave him a doubtful look. He had a beer once and hated it. The flavor was awful and it punched his gut in a strange way. Anyway, technically I am 19, but once one of us is reborn, our ages accelerate to 20 and kind of just freezes there. James furled his eyebrows but said nothing more. James. Air had walked into the kitchen area and was standing near him. Since we know for sure that you have the gene, you need training. What gene? The one that makes you like us. I don't even know what you are. I will explain after we eat. It took a little bit, but Amy finished cooking. She quietly hummed to herself and avoided all the conversations that James attempted to start. When she was done, she threw a rag at him, which was code for, get your lazy butt up and help me carry the food. James laughed and helped Amy gather plates and deliver them to the table. Neither of the twins had a plate for themselves. Knowing that they wouldn't be able to hold down any food they ate, they simply sat down and watched as the group experienced Amy's cooking. Luke looked at his plate, eyeing the meal suspiciously. Amy had made spaghetti, her comfort food. Their mom used to make it when the twins were younger, and she was a little bit saner. After waiting for a dramatic amount of time, Luke took a bite and his eyes went wide. This is very good, he and Era said in unison. Ensley took a bite and her eye opened a little wider when she did. What did you put in this? Ensley demanded. It is amazing. I'll have to make a plate for Evie then, Amy said, her face flushing a deep red. After she said this, the table fell into an awkward silence as the group dug into their food and James and Amy shot each other glances. The silence was broken by Luke. Mm, so, Amy, I couldn't help but notice you and Evie already have a thing going on. Amy's eyes went wide. James felt his chest heave in what may have been anxiety about his sister's situation, anger at the boy for bringing it up, or joy from the look Amy had on her face. To his surprise, Amy responded quickly and thoughtfully. Do we? She asked simply. Duh. Luke replied, matching her tone. I saw you bolt for her in that hospital room. Inexplicably, you already worry about her safety. She's always been like that, James interjected. She's a very caring person. Luke nodded and stuck another bite of food in his mouth. What about it? Amy asked. I'm sorry? He said through the pile of noodles in his mouth. Why do you care about Evie and me? James shot his gaze between the two. Was his sister angry? Oh, I didn't want to assume anything. But if it is a romantic attachment... Let's assume it is. James chuckled nervously and looked to his sister for any kind of indication of how she was actually feeling. All right. Luke replied. Well, servants and humans can't have kids ignoring servant law for a moment. Evie is a strange place to hit your wagon. Elaborate. Luke blinked a few times and looked away. It's not my place to elaborate on that. She is just difficult, to say the least. All right. Amy said without missing a beat. What about the servant law? Um, okay. There are many laws on half-bloods, which is what you two are, but the law does say that a servant may not engage romantically with a person or people related to or familiar with their target. Meaning? And attacks, meaning Era, Evie, and Ensley, may not engage romantically with you or your brother. Luke said the last bit, giving a sly look to Era. So, servants can't date? Well, no. I actually know two great soldiers who men servanthood and are still going strong. I, myself... Era cleared her throat and stood up. <clears throat> 
All right, seeing as everyone is done and no one wants to listen to whatever this is any longer, I suggest we start cleaning. Can do. Amy said, standing up. Thank you for enlightening me, Lucas. Hold on. He called. I didn't mean to. It's okay, Luke. She said, turning around to face him once more with a smile on her face. For the first time in James's life, he couldn't tell if it was fake or not. As you said, you're assuming it's a romantic attachment. James was about to say something to his sister about her strange behavior, but Eric grabbed his arm and pulled him aside. Let's get to your new room. We need to talk. What about Amy? James protested. Whatever it is, she should know too. Amy and Ainsley would do a starting recon, and she will explain this to Amy as well. James nodded and began to follow Era out the door, before realizing they had left someone behind. He stopped and motioned for Luke to join, but he shook his head and began clearing dishes. We can make out later, he said with a wink. James rolled his eyes and returned his attention to Era. Wait, he said. I have a room? The walk to James's supposed room took them across the entire facility. It was a lot bigger than James initially predicted. There were many more rooms with initials on them, which Era told him were for monitoring all the kids in Western USA. Eventually, they reached a hallway that had normal wooden doors lining the walls. So, James, what do you think we are? Samuel said servants, but if I had to guess, guardian angels. Why? Well, most of you are female and have wings, and old man Sam said you were supposed to watch over me. That comparison makes me uncomfortable. We are not all female, and we aren't as pure as most religions make angels out to be. So are you religious? James asked. Yes, I was. When I was human. What changed? Nothing. I can no longer get to heaven because of my actions, but I can help others to reach heaven. James was quiet until they arrived at a door. It looked like every other door in the hall, and there was a sign on the door that had his name printed neatly on it. When they opened it, it was so heavy that they both had to push to get it open. The room beyond them was huge and empty. All that was in it was a bed and a dresser. The floors were wood, and the walls were made out of white marble. So what are you if you used to be human? Well, we were human. Now, we are simply servants of humans. Given powers by Samuel, but cursed to never use them unless in the defense of a human. What does that mean? James asked. He could tell Era was holding something back. There was hesitation in every word she spoke. James turned around curiously, only to see she had her head down and her wings slumped. She walked over and sat on the giant bed in the corner of the room. James, I... I killed myself. Evie's eyes snapped open and scanned the infirmary. Something was wrong. Before she could analyze the peculiar feeling that she had, a voice claimed her attention. You got a bit too gobby. Little one. Evie looked at the woman in the corner. Her mother's red eyes were all she could see. I... I can't do this anymore. Evie muttered weakly. I know. The attack the other day went wonderfully. Then... Then... You met this girl, and now... You want to stop? Lisbeth paused and narrowed her eyes. Don't forget. I see through your eyes when you are away. You like that little girl too much. I am getting tired of seeing your eyes trained on her mouth, hair, and behind. Evie's face flushed as red as her eyes. I... I listen, dearie. I am stuck in this damn facility until you leave. I don't like seeing you so sick. But I'm going to keep you like this until you start listening to me. Evie spat, 
She didn't get anywhere close to wetting the woman with it, but the gesture was the important part. Okay. Fine. The woman said serenely before holding up a finger as the wall behind her became a screen. It displayed Amy and Ensley walking through a hall somewhere in the facility. Amy was carrying a plate of food, and Ensley seemed to be guiding her somewhere. What is happening? Evie asked weakly, her heart seemingly pushing against her ribs. If you don't agree to bring her home to me... Lezebel motioned to the screen on which Amy was smiling and talking to Ensley. <laughs> I will simply kill her. I will simply kill her. You... You have until tomorrow night to make a decision. Then, as quickly as she appeared, Lesbel vanished and the screen went black. Evie sat in silence for nearly a minute, bouncing ideas around in her head before the door crept open. Amy poked her head through the opening carrying a plate of food. Evie slowly sat up in the bed and smiled. Hey. Amy whispered. I thought someone else was in here. I heard you talking. Evie smiled awkwardly and stammered out a lousy excuse. Sleep talking, I guess? Amy smiled and noticeably relaxed. Is that something you do regularly? She pondered. Do you want to find out? Evie asked, fixing the girl with a smug look. Amy's cheeks went aflame and she made a fearful noise. I... I... <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> Ow. She laughed, a little too hard, and Amy's face downturned slightly in what may have been disappointment. Evie went red, and before she knew it, she was talking too fast. Don't get me wrong, I'd be chuffed to have a night in our stalkers, but I got a dodgy tongue and gammy legs. Amy's face changed from a look of disappointment to one that conveyed she was now more confused than anything else. Sorry. Evie muttered, realizing how quickly she had spouted that last sentence. Amy stood still as stone next to the door for a few seconds, before a smile slowly spread out on her face, like a cat stretching in its sleep. It was effortless and warm. Do I need to brush up on some slang? Amy asked with the same beautiful smile, kneeling next to the bed. Oh, please don't. Evie replied, looking up at Amy with a small grin. Then she turned her head and muttered. Then you would know what I just said. Amy laughed and presented the plate of food. Well, I cooked some food, so I made sure to get you a plate. Evie's stomach squirmed. When was the last time she had eaten? S thank you, though. She whispered. She slowly took it from Amy's hands and looked down at it, searching for evidence of trickery. She found none. You aren't... It's not bad, is it? Amy looked indignant. I would hope not. Luke said it was the best thing he'd ever eaten. Evie's eyes flicked from the girl to the plate a few times, unsure of what to do. Well, I'll leave you to it. Amy said uncomfortably after a long stretch of silence. She stood up and was turning around when a sudden, inexplicable urge overtook Evie. Her body lurched forward and grabbed at Amy's hand like it was a necessity that she held it. Her stomach dropped as she realized what she had done. Why did she just do that? Was Lezebel controlling her? She looked down at the floor. The heels of Amy's shoes were visible at the edge of her vision. Evelyn? Stay here. Evie replied quickly, realizing that all she wanted was for the girl to stay near her. Oh. Okay. Evie let out a breath she hadn't even known she was holding. Before she could ponder her actions, her mouth began to move again. I don't like being... alone. Amy remained still for a long time before she slowly sat down on the ground next to Evie's bed, her back to the bedside table, her right hand clutched in Evie's, and her eyes patiently watching her. Evie looked away from her sweet eyes and quietly took a few small bites of spaghetti. Luke was right. This was the best thing she'd ever eaten.